Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. Thank you, listeners. We certainly appreciate that you take time out of your busy schedules to listen to Dr. Rhoda and to me. Uh, a few notes. If you would like to receive show notes absolutely free, they give a brief overview of the podcast and also provide some essential questions for you to ponder as you continue the discussion. So if you're interested in it, uh, click on show notes, first name, last name, email, and we, we never share your email with, with anyone, and its sole purpose is show notes, and you can unsubscribe uh, anytime you want. Our topic for today is hope, and let me see, a few things that I hope for, humor the audience <laughs> a little bit. I have so been hoping that the Starbucks on the corner would open, and it just did. So I found hope and it happened. There are other things that, that I hope for. You know, I hope uh, for health for, for relatives and friends. Uh, I hope that uh, the weather allows me for safe travels this upcoming weekend. Uh, Dr. Rhoda, so, some things that you think about when you think of the word hope. Yeah, we all have things that we're hopeful for on a regular basis. You know, same thing. I, You know, you hope you pick the quickest line at the checkout. <laughs> you, yes. You hope it, that... <laughs> and statistically, I guess, you're, you're better off going be, behind someone who has... Yeah, multiple items as opposed to three or four individuals that just have a few items. So I'm you've, learning. you've researched this. I, I, I read some research on it. I'm going to think of you the next time I'm standing in line. You know, continually, you know, I hope I get to, the weather's nice. I hope to, I get to get outside this weekend. I hope this podcast is truly helpful and beneficial for people, right? We hope for things all the time. And, but, and then we have the type of hope that is actually not really a hope. It's a certainty. Like my hope is in Jesus and my hope is in his resurrection and what that holds for me. So there's that type of hope that's a certainty. But there's another kind of hope I want to talk about today, and that's the hope that's not wishful thinking or a faith-based certainty. It's actually a skill set. And what, what I love about that is, so we have hope in this bucket where it, it's uncertain. Then we have hope in this bucket where it's certain, and yet we have another type of hope that's a skill, which means that I can actually do it. You can move from uncertain to certain, yes. right? Yeah, to some degree. Yeah, and it, I think it's a, a thing in our English language, kind of like there are different types of love, but we just have the one word love. I think there's different types of hope. So the hope we want to talk about today is the kind of hope that's a skill, and it turns out it's a skill that has big implications for academic and emotional success. This kind of hope leads to a 12% increase in academic performance. And that's pretty significant and a 10% increase in the level of wellness. And this is according to Shane Lopez, who is probably the leading researcher in this area. He works with Gallup. So what is this hope that is a skill? It doesn't mean wishing. Like I said before, it's a three-step process that's a skill set. So step number one, set clear and attainable goals. Step number two, develop multiple strategies to reach those goals. And number three, Stay motivated to use the strategies to attain the goals, even when the going gets tough. So being resilient and persistent. So set clear and attainable goals, have multiple ways to reach those goals, and be resilient when you face obstacles. And when Dr. Rhoda mentioned that, what came to mind is I have heard in the past 
set clear, measurable, attainable goals. And, and I have heard stay motivated. Mm -hmm. But what I've often forgotten, and I really think this is the first time that I've heard it, mm -hmm. the multiple strategies mm -hmm. to get there. And it really just makes sense. Yeah. Let's break this down a little bit more. For educators and parents who want to help increase their hope levels in themselves and also in the youth around them, there are five research-based strategies that we're going to go through that help lead to this. Okay, number one, young people need to identify, or we, whoever's setting the goals, we need to identify and prioritize their top goals. It needs to be their goals and not their parents' goals or their teachers' goals, or else motivation wanes quickly, especially as they face obstacles. So it needs to be that own person's goals, not what somebody else expects of them. Begin by having the students make a list of what's important to them. Things like friends, family, sports, academics, faith. Then have them reflect on how satisfied they are with each area. You could have them rank their ha happiness in that area on a one to five, right? To help them see, so how am I doing in this? Is this an area I would like to, you know, in my, in my friendships, do, am I pretty happy? Is there some significant work I can do here? Um, or am I I'm miserable and there's a lot of work? Uh, how about in academics? How about in sports? How about in my faith life? How about whatever's important to you? Now, from this list, help students understand how to create goals that are specific and positive and that are solutions-oriented. Goals are more effective when they're about accomplishing something in the future rather than avoiding something right now. So, for example, I want to make the varsity basketball team is a stronger goal than I'm going to quit drinking soda. Okay, so this is based on several different uh, studies, research reports. The next step is to have students rank their goals in order of importance to them. Researchers found that this step is especially important for students coming from a background of trauma. Students who have experienced trauma usually score much lower on hope indicators. They often randomly pick a goal, and then when they're not successful, it increases their level of hopelessness. These students, all students, but especially students coming from a traumatized background, need to experience success. We know that success breeds success, self-efficacy. They need to have little wins. Okay, so as I'm reflecting on this, this is something very doable. Educators, you can do in a school uh, and parents. I mean, this is a great opportunity to, to better get to know your kids and also to understand the lens that they're perceiving things and then to show them how they can really achieve the goals that are truly their goals. Excellent point. The second research-based strategy, have students break down their goals into a step-by-step -step action plan. Again, this is especially true for students with low hope who think that all their goals need to be accomplished at once or else they're not a success. So seeing goals as a series of small steps allows them to have success and celebrate their accomplishment along the way. And this leads to greater self-efficacy. They get a sense that they can be successful. Number three, Help students understand that there's more than one way to reach a goal. This one's big. People often give up when they experience an obstacle. This is a perfect time to practice problem-solving skills and come up with more than one way to accomplish what they want. What's the feeling they're trying to achieve? How else could they think about getting that feeling? We need to visualize success and visualize, visualize different paths to get to that success. So for example, what if they don't make the varsity basketball team? Is all hope lost? No pun intended. <laughs> nice. No. We can ask them, what feeling were you trying to accomplish by being a part of the team? So you're not going to be on the basketball team, but what did you really want to accomplish from that? Was it a sense of belonging and being part of a team? 
How else could you get that? What are some other options? Was it spending time with certain friends? How else could you get that? Was it having your picture in the yearbook? How else could you get that? So kind of helping them problem solve and think about what are other ways to get to what they really wanted. Break down why they wanted that goal. Oftentimes we'll set a goal and there are mm-hmm. really other things we could do that would make us happy. I, I was just thinking along those lines. Yeah. So I, I can get my kids at home. I can get students to set goals. But if I don't know the why and if I don't force them, gently prod them, mm-hmm. to reflect on why do you really want to do this? Because that makes a huge difference. You talk about basketball. Yeah. Is it to be part of the team? Is it simply to improve your skill set? Is it is it so that people at school know, you know, identity yeah. really makes a big difference. Yeah. If it was, you know, to have the opportunity to play basketball on a regular basis, well, the varsity basketball team is not the only place. You can go to the Y. You can, you know, there are other leagues mm-hmm. around. Get involved in other programs. We can still have you have that opportunity, even though you didn't make the varsity team, which is out of your control. What is in your control? Internal locus of control again, right? This teaches them resilience. Most of us don't reach important goals in our lifetime. I think we've all had things that we really, really wanted with all of our being, and it didn't work out. And yet life goes on, and we can still be hopeful. So how do we reframe it and keep pushing on towards new goals? Number four, tell stories about people who have overcome adversity and met their goals. They need to see that this is possible. You can do this through literature, reading books. You can bring in guests into your classroom. You can tell them your own stories, or I love this one, have them talk to their parents and grandparents Mm -hmm. and have kids find examples of people who have overcome, persisted, and accomplished goals or reset new goals when they didn't reach what they wanted. Here again, success needs to be real. And when they can find examples of real people who have done this, it becomes so much more relevant. What is so interesting to me is... You talk about grandparents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I vividly remember my grandpa Clarence, yeah, now in heaven, explaining about during the Depression, running out and stealing coal uh, because it was, quote, allowed mm-hmm. to heat the, the house where they were in. And that was the first time that I really thought, wow, like that type of adversity uh, I, I'm not accustomed to. And now educators... When your students look at you, they often don't realize all the hiccups, challenges, and, right. and let's be real, the failures that that um, we have also experienced. And we really owe it to the profession, uh, not to sugarcoat the profession, but mm-hmm. to say, hey, this is a really rewarding profession, uh, but life does have challenges. And here are some for you to reflect on, and this is how I reacted, and this is what I would do differently. It's a huge teachable moment that we often just uh, neglect to, to, to address. Such an important point. Absolutely. So tell them stories, have them find stories of people overcoming adversity, meeting their goals. Number five, and this is a big one too, make it fun. It's important that we enjoy our pursuit of our goals. These are things we want to attain, and we're enjoying the process of joy in the journey, right? There's no room for perfectionism. Perfectionists are always just disappointed. We will mess up. We will fall down. We will be disappointed. That's all just a part of the process of life. There's nothing wrong with them. That's just how it goes. And the sooner they can learn that, kids need kid-sized mistakes. Research suggests that when we use positive self-talk, rather than beating ourselves up, we're much more likely to reach our goals. We can reframe our thinking to produce the emotions and the results that we want. 
and we need to help children do this. And so how can we have fun while we're going after things that we really want? It should be a joy. It shouldn't be a drag. And think about it. How many times have you been in conferences where they talk about five-year, 10-year plan, they talk about setting goals, having incremental steps, and I really can't think of a conference that I've been to that has, has said, you know, an integral part of this is it has to be enjoyable. There has to be some fun involved. You know, in in the world we live, we often kind of forget that aspect. And, and wow, really, really important. Yeah, I just think back of tra travel experiences, right? We always have this destination in mind, but half of our memories from the trip are the, the way, the trip along the way, all the things that happened along the way. Uh, the joy is in all of that. It's not just in, in attaining what we were searching for. And uh, I think sometimes we, we do kids a misservice when it's all about attaining stuff. And what we have is today. And are we having fun today? Are we enjoying today? As we're working towards being our best selves, being living to our full God-given potential. So helping create hope for students is such a worthwhile effort, both for the time that they're in our classroom, but also for life. It's a life skill, right? And here again, hope leads to greater engagement, which, you know, show up, uh, increased productivity, a sense of well-being, improved health. I hope you have hope. And I hope you're teaching it to the young people in your life. And that's not wishful thinking. You now have clear, attainable steps. Our goal in Five to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. And as we reflect on today's episode, Hope, there are five takeaways that we'd like you to reflect upon. Number one, identify and prioritize their top goals. Now, when I say their, we're talking about students, we're talking about your child, children. It's their goals, not our goals. Number two, help students, uh, help your child then break down that goal into step by step. It, it, it's a marathon. Step by step, and they'll be successful. And number three, uh, this is just my favorite. Um, Oftentimes, I, I think we neglect to think this way. Help students understand that there's more than one way to reach that goal. There are multiple paths. So if one of the paths doesn't work, they certainly can revisit. There's many other paths that they can still use to reach that goal. Uh, number four, we, we've all been impacted by individuals who have shared their stories of adversity. Uh, take the time to share a story or refer them to a person who can share a story of adversity so, so they learn that you know, life is challenging at times. And, and number five, those of you who know Dr. Rhoda and I, uh, this is a fun one because it's talking about fun. You have to love what you do. And so as your child or as your student is making their way toward this goal, also allow them and encourage them to have fun. And, and as always, you know, we really appreciate your comments and, and let us know after you try these steps, how they're working. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.